Good morning, good morning. We've got a lot of neat things going on this week. Uh, how many remember what they, what's that name we call next Thursday? Thanksgiving. Is everybody looking forward to Thanksgiving? Has anybody eaten any Thanksgiving food already? Does anybody want to eat Thanksgiving food? How many like dressing? How many like turkeys? That's why you're, you're welcome here. We're all a bunch of turkeys. No, uh, it's a good thing. You know, last, uh, last service, we had an opportunity. Um, oh, before I do that, let me just say this. Gene uh, asked me to make this, uh, this request. At the end of this service, see these cardboard boxes that we see around here? These boxes need to be put into those cardboard boxes. And if you can stay five minutes and help her, uh, them, and the team that she has, but help them get them in those boxes, man, that would sure save them a lot of effort. And so just think about, okay, as soon as they say amen, we can del- be delayed five minutes to the parking lot and we'll be able to help, help that. Sound good? Also, last um, service, we were, uh, I had 13 homes of shut-ins, people who, uh, through the Logan County Council on Aging, Logan Aging Service, uh, had needs. And these cards, it didn't, it didn't even make it to you. I apologize, not really, because I love our heart of our church. I held them up and said, who would like to take one of these home? We don't know their name, but they're people that wanted just gloves, socks, a blanket. And these people are uh, not, they, they're not, um, they're homebound and they really don't have family to support them. And all 13 of them went out just immediately. People came up. So we want to just say thank you even in this service for, for our, the heart of our church and for our Lord. Let's just say thank you. You know what I'm talking, you remember how we've done that in years past where there's a card and it's got things? Okay. Okay. So here is a, let me back up one thing because I realize that's next. We have a video. Uh, before I show you a video that will introduce us to today, I wanted to share with you something that I found, and then we'll go straight into this video. And somebody wrote this, it said, if you woke up this morning with more health than illness, then you are more blessed than the million who will not live through the week. If you have experienced the danger of battle, haven't, if you've never experienced the danger of battle, the loneliest of, in, of imprisonment, the agony of torture, or the pains of starvation, you are ahead of five million people in the world. If you can't attend, or excuse me, if you can attend a church meeting without fear of harassment, arrest, torture, or death, then you are more blessed than three billion people in the world. If you have money in the bank, cash in your wallet, and spare change in a dish someplace, you are among the top 8% of the world's wealthy. We have a lot to be thankful for. And when we think about Thanksgiving, I know it's a day uh, particularly set aside, but we're to be thankful for so, so much. Here is our introductory video to today's message, and uh, then we'll get into our uh, rest of today.
Amen. There's so much to be thankful for. You know, many times we're, uh, or should I say it's easier to be thankful for the things that are tangible, the things that come through a family member or a loved one. Uh, there are many things for us to be thankful for, though. We've got health, and, and I know you say, well, Pastor, uh, I've really got the snuffles or the sniffles or I'm clogging or running or I don't know what's going on, but how can I be thankful for that? Can I tell you, you have a heartbeat. Can I say that you've got health and that are maybe, maybe you're dealing with sinus infection, but you're not dealing with cancer. Or maybe if you have cancer, but you've got others that are dealing with uh, other ailments. We can say, thank you, Lord, for our health. And there's family. And you say, yes, yes, except you don't know my family. You know, there, there, there are in-laws and then there's outlaws. I mean, you gotta, you know, you say, don't, that, don't you know my aunt that we have to see at least once a year? No, you need to say thank you for family. Do you know if you didn't have a family, you wouldn't be here? Have you figured that out? That's how and who you are and how it comes. We talk about our home. Homes, I know, how many in here have a roof over their head when they go home? And how many have at least some running water or some electricity? Man, we are, thank you, Lord. I know we might like to have a little more, you know, some kind of new flooring or something, but we can say thank you. Our church. And there's a lot of great churches, but to have the church here that we have the freedom to gather and to assemble and to worship and to love one another. Folks, this is an encouraging thing. I get encouraged, encouraged hanging around you, seeing what God's up to in you. So thank you for the church. And can I tell you that who allow the church to even be is the Lord Jesus Christ. And for opportunities. I don't know about you. Every opportunity actually comes from where? From God. Well, no, I make my own way. I make my own. No, it's from the Lord. So we can be thankful for those things. First Corinthians chapter 29, verse 13. I believe it's referenced on the front of your bullet and it says, and now we thank you. We thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. And I hope that's what we think about in part this week is not necessarily people doing great things for us, but what he has done for us. Amen. I was thinking about this, and in fact, you'll notice in your uh, bulletin, this little card, I'm going to come to that in just a minute, but, but we give thanks for, uh, when I see people get, being kind to others. How many like it when somebody's kind to you? We love that. When I see somebody being kind to someone else, when I see uh, others you know, being provided for, or, or when I see us caring for others, or how about this, who teach and equip? I am thankful. How many in here are still teachable? Isn't that great to be around Sunday school teachers or school teachers or parents and equipping you to, to be more than you are? The Word of God equips you. The Holy Spirit equips you. We can say thank you for that and be, uh, celebrate that. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 12 and 13 says this, This service you do. I want you to look to somebody sitting around you and say, You have a service. Now, either that or we're talking about something. No, I believe you have a service and it says the service you do not only helps the needs of God's people, it also brings many more thanks to God. See, if you're a Christian, I guess I have to say this, if you're a Christian, because a lot of times people think, well, it's those hired guns, it's those pastors and evangelists. No, if you're a Christian, you have service in the kingdom of God. And here's the thing, it does uh, bless people, but you bring more glory, more thanks to God as you do what you do. And so not, don't forget that. Verse 13 says, as a, result of your, as a result of your ministry. Now, I want you to turn to the other person, look them in the eye and point at them. I want you to point at them because this is kind of fun. You know, I know you weren't taught to point, but point at them and say, your ministry. Come on now, go with me. Your ministry. 
If you're breathing and if you've said yes to Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit here and you're the light bearer and you're the ambassador for this world, you have a ministry. It says it right there. As a result of your ministry, who will do it? They. They, the people watching, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. It's a great thing. All you have to do is do what you're, you're meant to do and you're designed to do and purpose to do and you bring glory to God, but you have other people bringing glory to God. Amen? Okay, so this little card, you'll find it in your bulletin or on the floor where it fell out on but there are more as you leave or at the uh, Connect Center or the Welcome Center. But listen here. It says this. Thank you. I'm thankful for you, right? I'm thankful for you. And on the back it says you are making a difference. Now, I know that when you go pick up your kids or you see somebody serving, they'd love to have one of these. But can I tell you what will really make a big difference is when you leave this building, if we can take these cards out from here while you're on mission, right? That means going to eat lunch or whatever. And you leave this with the check or you leave this somewhere and somebody goes, oh, you're making a difference. You say, no, wait a minute, pastor. I'm sorry. They didn't fill my iced tea fast enough. Can you shift your gear from your consumption of, of food and nutrients and think about there a possibility? How many of you know a possibility? A place where God can do something greater and you encourage them. That's why we did this just to help you have a little piece of encouragement and we can give thanks. But, but here's the thing, that is a great part of Thanksgiving, but think of this part. All right. Think of these right here. I'm thankful that God forgives sin. I'm thankful that he heals the wounded and wounds. I'm thankful that he has redeemed me. I'm thankful that he sees me through. I mean, those are some things to literally add to our thanksgiving and our praise in this season. I know Thursday involves stuffing and turkey and, and, and maybe stuffing yourself and then serving turkeys or serving the turkey. Anyway. But why, that's really just why you're doing that. What is the Lord? Is he getting glory? And I think we should be able to do that uh, in this week and really rolling into the next weeks ahead all the way up until Christ's birth that we celebrate at Christmas. First Chronicles chapter 16 thir verse 34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and the steadfast love of the uh, endures forever. I, I want to now uh, take you to a story, a story of rebirth. And this really came into my uh, heart or spirit um, during uh, uh, sleep. And I was uh, actually asleep, thought I was having a great um, rest. And I began to hear the words, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. And literally by the very end of, now I hadn't been studying Lazarus. I hadn't even been thinking about Lazarus. I thought we were, I was talking about turkeys and stuffing and Thanksgiving and all those. And I literally jolted me out of bed and then I couldn't go back to sleep. Have you ever had one of those kind of dreams? So I'm going to the Bible going, what does this mean? And I, so here I want to take you on a story that I believe he wanted in my heart to, to integrate into this preparation for Thanksgiving. 
So what do you think about rebirth? This is a whole story of that, and we'll get into that story of Lazarus, but it says, what might need to be rebirthed? I was thinking of the questions that you ask, you know, when you read scripture. And I thought about this, there, there are some of us in this room have had a dream and yet it has failed or it is, it has uh, disappeared. And, and I believe God would want to rebirth, uh, bring life back to a dream in you. I believe this word is for all of us and different parts of this might be exactly for you. Or how about a career? Maybe God wants to rebirth or put new life back into a career. Or maybe it's a business. You you had a business and it's failing. Or maybe it's a business you, you thought you should start and just never did. God wants to put, if he's leading you, if it's of God, he wants to rebirth something back in you. Do you know that he can take a church, uh, people like this, that's great and alive and going, but he can say, look, I want to birth something new and fresh through you. For Why? To bring glory to me and other people saying, wow, praise God for what's going on there. Amen? I'm just warming up. I was just wondering if you're going with me. How about this? How about a relationship? You may have an adult child. You may have a granddaughter or son. You may have a, a marriage relationship. You may, you may need to say, I, I believe God. I, I'm sensing God. I'm going to cry out to God that I want to have new life in that. He is a God of a new, he can bring death into uh, life into dead things. Have you noticed that? He has a resurrection power. How about your faith? My faith. That he wants to grow and rebirth your faith, your hope. That's the kind of thing I believe he wants to speak to through this story, the story of Lazarus. So if you have your Bibles, John chapter 11, I'm going to have the verses on the screen, but I'm going to kind of go through it semi in a commentary way. This won't be a commentary that ever gets printed because it's just me talking, okay? But it, you're going to see the, the scripture, but I want to try to draw out what I believe God was putting on my heart, how this applies to us as we prepare for Thanksgiving. And, and so you start off in verse one of chapter 11, and it talks about this man named Lazarus who became ill. Lazarus being uh, uh, the brother of Mary and uh, sister Martha. And it says that Mary was that same one that we read about that anointed Jesus. Remember, it took about a, 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 an amount of a very precious uh, uh, ointment or oil and poured it over Jesus' feet at, at a dinner. In fact, it's the same oil that they use in ceremonial uh, offerings at the temple. It's kind of interesting that Jesus was being having that poured over, and then she wiped it, her, his feet with her hair. But it's the same one. So here it is. He became ill, and so these sisters were saying, Lord, uh, whom you love is ill. So we know that Jesus had a, had a friendship, had a love for Lazarus, had a love for this family. And But when Jesus heard this, he said, don't worry, it's not to death. But what is it? It's for what? It's for the glory of God. So I'm kind of jumping, speed, speeding through here. But there are times when we have illness. I, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but there are times, as I read in this particular passage, times when loved ones will have illness, or you may be going through something, and God could supernaturally take care of it like that. Do you all believe that he could? He could, but he may say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something that's going to bring God glory. Just trust me. I'm going to let you, as you just trust me, trust Jesus, watch and see, because I'm going to bring more glory to God. And it says, so the Son of Man may be glorified through it. And so here we go into the next part of this chapter, verse 6. So Jesus heard he was ill, and he hurried up and waited two days. Isn't that like God? Not doing it on our timetable. 
I mean, how many of you all just wished he'd hurry up? One person. Four people. We'll have confession after, uh, no. No, God's saying, I'm still in charge. He said, you got to trust that. No, I'm tired and sick and tired. I'm tired of being sick and tired. I want it to be fixed now, right? He said, trust me. And so here they go. They're heading now to uh, approach this situation. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, come on now. Come on now. Don't you realize you're going back into where those people were wanting to hurt you? I mean, they're not really, you know, that, that cubicle next to you and that boss that's over you on, on Monday morning, you're going to go back there and call that ministry. Don't you know that's going to be hard? Are you sure you want to do that? See, I'm applying that to modern day. And Jesus Andrew said, basically, I got a plan. Trust me. Watch and see. If anybody walks at night, he stumbles, but in the light, it's not him. And so he goes on and he says, look, hey. Listen up. He says, after these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to waken him. He's already thinking about what's going to happen. And they think, they're thinking, oh, he just thinks he's asleep. But actually, he's dead because in verse 13, it says, now Jesus has spoken of his death, but they thought he meant he was resting in sleep. So in verse 14, he says, then Jesus told him plainly, look, don't be confused. He's dead. There are some things in your life that are dead. I'm not talking about loved ones, I'm talking about the dreams and, and some things that, that you think uh, are never going to come back to life again. And, and he's saying, I know, that they're, they're dead. It, it, Lazarus has died, verse 15, for your sake. He's not talking about Lazarus' sake, he's like, look, for your sake, I'm going to do something. I'm glad that I was not there, for that you may believe. See, God wants to work on your faith more than he wants to do a miracle for a miracle's sake. He only does, he wants to put all the things in motion to what? Grow your trust and faith in him. Why? So that as you continue life, he gets more glory and more people come to him. Do you see the difference? So they came to where Lazarus was at four days later. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Many of the Jews had, had, were there with Martha. They were trying to console her. And so in verse 20, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met with him, but uh, Mary stayed behind. Verse 22 says, but even now I know. See, she rushes up in verse 21 and Martha says, says what? Lord, she said to Jesus, Lord, if you have been here... Okay, my brother would not have died, but I trust you. I believe in you. I wished you'd have done that, but I still have faith in you. Some of you are having a delay in God's response, and you need to stay uh, encouraged and, and proclaiming and letting people hear from you. But I even now know that whatever you ask in God, God will give you. And Jesus said, to you, your brother will rise again. Your situation will rise again. Verse 24, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again. On the last day, Jesus says, oh, no, no, no. I'm the resurrection. How many have been, uh, how many of you might have seen, maybe they were on TV, I don't know, that claimed they were the resurrection? That I, meaning a human, can do. No, it's God. 
It says, look, you trust in me. I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me believes, though he may name, they yet shall uh, he live. And anyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Can I ask you today, Lord, or folks, the Lord's asking that of us. Do you believe this? How many believe this? All right. I I hope that if not, that today before you leave, you're starting to see some scripture and the Holy Spirit's beginning to confirm your spirit. What's true? And she said, yes, Lord, I believe. And when she had said this, she went outside to her sister Mary. I'm going to go a little faster here. When the Jews were there in her house consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly. They followed her and supported her as they went to the tomb. Now, they're going to a place where it's a cave. They're going to a place that, that they put this, this, this uh, dead thing in. And they put this thing, that, 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 and then they put a, a stone over it. Much like when we talk about Jesus uh, was, was crucified and w- died and was buried. They put him in a tomb. And they roll this stone over it. They cap it off. They seal it off. And can I tell you that, that so many times we do that. We'll take something that's dead. Maybe it's a, a bad habit or a sinful way. It's dead. And, and we'll take it and touch it away in private and we'll cover it up so the world doesn't see but can i tell you if it's in the cave if there's no light of the lord on it it's stinky it's still dead and it's still going to affect you if you have it in your life our lord is a compassionate god in verse 33 we see that he sees her weeping, sees the Jews weeping, and he's deeply moved, greatly troubled. He's a God that sees us through. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said, come and see. In one of the shortest, uh, shorter verses, shortest verses in the Bible, it says Jesus wept. You know, it's only written, I'm sure he, he cried more than two or three times, but there's only two or three times that he is recorded. He wept over Jerusalem, he wept here. And it's a weeping that is deep. And he weeps for you and I. He weeps when we have things in a cave that we've put there thinking that's the priority or that thing was, was, was the all in all or that, that sin is, and I'm protecting that sin because it gives me more joy than the Lord himself. I don't know if you can hear me here today, but we have those caves in our lives or maybe we used to. God sees those things already. And he wants to set you free. And he wants to bring life back to that dead thing. So in 38, verse 38 says, And Jesus deeply moved in and came to the tomb. It was a cave. And a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, Take the stone away. Take the stone away. Away. I just want you to hear that. In fact, say it out loud with me. Take the stone away. And I don't know who, if you, you need to speak that to yourself, but if you're trying to cover up anything, if the devil's trying to say that, that if they only knew, if you expose that, if you really let that out in, into the, the atmosphere before the Lord, somebody might see that sin. Somebody might say, oh, what would they think of me if they only knew that I had that kind of thought life? Or maybe it's something to do that's addiction with, with drugs or alcohol or food or you name it. It could be whatever it is, but he's saying, look, take the stone off of it. Stop trying 
trying to hide it. Get it out of the way because I'm going to bring life into this situation. You need to move that stone. Yeah, she said it. Lord, don't you know if you take that off, it's going to be pretty stinky. Can I tell you, if you have some issues, when you first roll that thing away, it's going to be pretty much in your face. And you'll have to acknowledge it and confess it. (laughs) But Jesus told her, did I not tell you that if you, say that word with me, if you, you believed, you would see the glory of God. Folks, if we would believe more, we would see the glory of God. You want an adult child to know Jesus more? Maybe they're lost. Maybe they're struggling with addiction. Look, but if you will believe, you'll see the glory of God. I could go so many directions with this particular verse. I believe this church has been called to be a catalyst to multiple, many churches in this area, to be a place in which it doesn't all happen here, but we're part of what's happening. And then we're sometimes bringing forth the, the sparks that take fire in other places. And if we'll believe, we'll see the glory of God in this region. I believe our children's ministry and our youth ministry and our adult ministry, as we believe, as we open up and let God in, we'll begin to stand back and look at the glory of God. I don't know about you, 168 kids in the back. That's pretty big. Did you know about four or five years ago, we were praying, God, please bring younger families. We had about 50 back there. Now they're saying, please bring workers. <laughs> but if we'll believe that God's up to something, then we're not going to give the, the people in the back, hey, been there, done that. I'm, I'm past that season of our life. No, God, you're up to something. I hadn't done this in a while. Give me a, a, a tape dispenser and a, something and I'll try to diaper it. I don't know. We do have training, by the way. Okay. 40, 41. So they moved the stone away and Jesus, listen, listen, listen. This is, this is the part that got me connected to Thanksgiving. And Jesus lifted up his eyes. He didn't look into the tomb. He looked to heaven. This was before the miracle happened. And he looked to heaven and he said, Father, (laughs) when's the last time you just looked up to heaven and said, Father, I thank you in advance. I thank you that you've heard me. And I knew that you always hear me. God, I'm just trusting you before I even ask for it. I just know it, Lord. Thank you. And it says in 42, it says, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this is on account for the people standing around. Our faith sometimes is way too quiet, folks. There's so many times we're, we're over here hunkered down praying and we're, we got a great deep life that nobody knows about. And here's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's standing there out in the public and he's saying it out loud. Why? So other people can know my faith, can know my God before anything happens. And here he is, so they may believe that you sent me on account of those people. And when he said those things, then he finally said, what? Hey, Lazarus. Lazarus, hey. If you don't mind. Hey, sin. Hey, doubt. 
a false belief. Hey, if you don't mind, I'd like you to deal with that. I, you know, if you, no. He says, roll that stone away. Get it out of the way. And then what does he do? Lazarus! I don't know what your Lazarus is, but it's dead. But God is speaking to him and says, if you'll let me, I'll call it out of you. I'll get it out of that cave and I'll bring life back to it. And I think many of you have experienced the Lazarus effect because you were once dead and then was born again when you said yes to Jesus. But there are some things in your life, I know, because I have those things that God's dealt with me in. And he's saying, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died, the the area of your heart that had died, the area of of your mind that's dead, has dead things in it. Look, it says, he came out and his hands and feet were bound with linen and light. And here's here's what's, I I know what's happened. A lot of people giving their life to Jesus, right? When you said yes to him and we keep living life this way. I love Jesus, yes I do. He's saying, get those grave clothes off. That stuff you used to do, get them off. I breathe life in that body of yours. I breathe life in that vessel of yours. He said, look, get them off. He says, what is this? What it says here? Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. I believe that applies to the assignments and curses and demons that can be sent on your way. If you'll let him in. And you lift your eyes to heaven before, thanking him that he's hearing you. You'll, he'll bring life into that situation. And the stuff that has tormented you and messed with you, he'll say, unbind him by the power of Jesus' name. And be let go. So as we wrap up this morning, I have two slides. First, this Thanksgiving. Imagine 2019 being the best Thanksgiving you've ever had. Or how about this? What if 2019 is the best Thanksgiving your family's ever had? What if 2019 you were at the epicenter of God doing something so supernatural in your workplace that you're the epicenter that it's the best Thanksgiving they ever had? What a change in thinking. So what needs to come out of the darkness? I believe that is a great question we all can ask. What in my life needs to come out of the darkness? What in my life needs to be unbound? And, and what in my life needs to be rebirthed? I was talking to a gentleman not too long ago, and he says, I believe all that the Bible says, I, I, and he just you know, has all that, but I'm not hearing him. Hadn't heard him in a long time. Hadn't felt him. Spirit of God. That's an opportunity for rebirth. The last slide is this. What can you thank God for? What can you thank him for? And here's the biggie. And who should hear your giving thanks? Who should be there? Just like Jesus said, Father, I know this, but I'm doing this for them. I'm saying this out loud. I already know it in my heart. Father, I, I believe and you know me and, and yet I'm doing this in public so that others may know you. Amen? Let's all stand. I love seeing this lady back. Hallelujah.
been some people ill and God's restoring them. Thank you, Lord, thank you. We're about ready to take the mission field, folks. And so when we leave this building, this is the equipping and encouraging station, if you want to call it. This is a hospital for some. It's a teaching hospital for most of us. And, and yet it's all about getting us ready to go out and do what we've been called to do, and that's be the church. We have a great holiday that everybody's going to gather and be thankful, and you can bring supernatural God in the middle of that by opening yourself up today. Open yourself up tomorrow and this week to saying, all right, God, what do I need to thank you for? And God, who should be hearing about my thanks? Can I say this if you're here today and you're saying, oh, this doesn't make any sense to me. Man, wah, 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 wah. that's a Charlie Brown message, man. I, I would probably say you don't have the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying I'm the best communicator, but I can tell you there was enough of the word shared and the word's powerful. And if you have the Holy Spirit, which only comes through saying yes to Jesus, it would have stirred something up. So check your spirit level. Now you may have said, well, I do believe in Jesus, but I am just, don't get it. There's another word for that that's called rebellion. You can have the Spirit on board and then go, la, 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 la. And I'm not saying anybody here does that, but can I tell you, if your heart is not able to be stirred, then you either don't have Jesus or you're in rebellion. That's pretty strong of me. But I am believing that God is up to some mighty work in you. And I don't want the devil to have a victory. I want the kingdom and the power and the glory of God to be in you for the rest of your life. So if you don't know Jesus, please don't leave without saying, I need to know more about this man. I'll be right up here. If you're in rebellion, repent. Do you know how many times I've come to God and said, oops, I need to get it back on track. He's so faithful to just receive me. So while we pray at whatever God's doing in you, you do some reconciling with him. And then we're going to go out here. We're going to go out here and be the church. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you are a mighty God, a compassionate God, a powerful God, and a God that loves us. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. Thank you that I've got so much to be thankful for. And Lord, I need your help. I know we all do to be reminded of what to be thankful for. And God, when we have those things stuck away in caves, those dead things, God, today may we roll away the stone and may we look to heaven and say, God, I know you hear this prayer, but I want you to call that out of me. I want you to take what's dead and put life into it, God. And I, I trust that you're going to do it. And God, may that happen in everyone who believes. And may others be touched by your power. Go now before us as we leave this building. Help us to love one another as you've loved us. But let us take this to a world that needs hope. 
And we pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said. And don't forget these boxes, if you can stay five minutes. Thank you all. Hug somebody, grab uh, uh, one of those boxes, and grab some of these boxes, and here we go. God bless.